Welcome to the Home Church Podcast. My name's Kenny, and I serve as the lead pastor here at Home Church, and we gather in Maiden, North Carolina. We're so glad you tuned in to today's episode, and we hope that this episode will help encourage you and inspire you as you continue to follow Jesus step by step. Today, we're going to continue in uh, this series that we've been in. We're going to wrap it up today called House of Hope. And it's incredible how the scriptures align with what God's been doing in this house. And so uh, be w- bear with us again. Next Sunday, we're not going to gather. Join us in December as we start a series called Advent. Advent means the coming. We're going to celebrate the coming of Christ Jesus uh, through the Christmas season. Um, but today, we're going to wrap up this series called House of Hope in a very fitting way. And listen, I'm not going to be before you long. We sang a little more earlier today. We've got some more to sing, and we're going to celebrate baptism. But I thought it was only appropriate that, and I don't know, as I get older, every time I have a birthday, I reflect. I look back a little more. I I take a little more time to to think back over where I've been and what I've seen and and what's happened and and transpired in my life. And I don't know if that's true for you. Um, But I've been doing that this week, and I've cried a lot this week, (laughs) thinking about where we've been and and what all God's allowed us to see. Some incredible things, some really difficult things. And so today, I just want to, from that perspective, talk to you about um, this idea that this, and and for the, the the last Sunday in this series, House of Hope, that I want to proclaim to you that there is hope for the future. There's hope for the future. But anytime you think about the future, the reality is is that you have to look to the past. And so here's where our base scripture has been this entire series in Hebrews 11 and verse 1. This is, uh, we've been teaching through Hebrews 11, and it's known as the faith chapter. And here's how it starts. It gives us a definition of faith, and it says this in Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And the reality is, is that scripture defines what we've walked through as a church. You see, there was a, there was a moment that, that's, that's, been this, that's been really the thing that this church has walked through is by faith, having and holding on to assurance of things we cannot see and having confidence about what has not happened yet. Quickly, a, a little of our story, uh, uh, I, I was kind of walking, I was serving at another church, and God was starting to stir up some things in me, and one, one afternoon, I was sitting in my van, my three boys were asleep, my wife was in a store, and I heard, for, for very few times have I felt like I've heard the audible voice of God, I felt like I heard him speak home church over me. The, the name, and by the way, this was, this was back in early 2019, this was before anyone knew what COVID was, so the idea of a, a, a home church was kind of, it kind of caught me by surprise. Now, through COVID, when it, people heard home church, they're like, oh yeah, everyone's meeting in their home. I'm like, no, no, no. But in that same time, he also gave me the, the vision of this church, and it started around this idea that, that the, our world and our society is crumbling And it's crumbling, and it starts, and its roots come from the crumbling of our houses. Our houses are falling apart because we don't have healthy mamas and daddies together leading their families in the ways of the Lord. And so because of that, we see this crumbling of our society because of the crumbling of a home. And so I felt like God said to me that we would plant a church who would start in the home. We haven't given up on that idea. 
It's been what we've continually chased after is that we want to equip mamas and daddies to be the pastors of their house and to raise up their children in the ways of the Lord so when they're old, they won't depart from it. That's how we believe God has called us to make a difference. Now, practically, it gets lived out in some language that we use because we want to reach people who are far from God, and we want to teach them how to live as they follow Jesus step by step. And so that's the journey that we've been on, and I felt like God gave me all of that in that moment. And so then I started the, the, the process of, of trying to internalize, well, what does this mean? Because I worked at another church, and, and then I had to have some conversations with my wife and make sure she was on board, and, and those are fun, uh, telling your wife that you feel like at 42, you know, 40 years old, you're supposed to start over. <laughs> that's fun. And then the difficult time of talking to the folks who led me previously, and that conversation didn't go very well, and I was asked to step away. But then quickly realized, I mean, this is the thing God's called me to, and so we set out from the very beginning, and we, we had 40 days, and we looked to raise $40,000 in 40 days to start home church, and we did. We raised $40,000 in 40 days, and then we met in homes for two weeks, and then on Sunday, November the 15th of 2020, at 4.30 and 6 o'clock, we met at Pursuit Church in their student space on a Sunday afternoon. Let me just give you some advice. If you ever look to plant a church, uh, especially in a lake community, don't plant in somebody else's church on Sunday afternoon. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. But we've seen incredible things as that video earlier shared, we, we've seen God move, we've seen incredible things, but that first Sunday we saw 187 people and a salvation that day. And it's been a wild journey. We, we saw our first salvation that day, a few weeks later we baptized our first person, the same person, his name was Dylan Broadwater. In, in fact, if you ever visit my office, I have his next steps card where he wrote that I accepted Jesus today and I have it framed in my office. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget those moments. Uh, I remember that we tried something wild, and we did Denver's largest Easter egg hunt. We saw 500 people show up, and we kind of tricked them because we told them that it was an Easter egg hunt, but then it was actually an Easter service, and, uh, and then I preached Jesus, and 32 people responded, and it was wild. It was pretty cool. We met some folks that day. And then we, we had some other things. We moved from place to place, but there was... One of my favorite memories happened uh, along the way. We, we thought we had an agreement to uh, build out at the YMCA, and we were going through this time where we were looking to raise some dollars. And one of my favorite moments happened on what we called Giving Sunday. Uh, Giving Sunday, we, we invited our church to give um, to, to this thing that we thought God had for us, which was to build out at the YMCA and cohabitate that space and all that good stuff. And it was, a, it was a powerful day. And I'll never forget, and I think we've got a couple of pictures here I want you to see. Um, I, I'll never forget this powerful day. And, and in the same moment uh, at the altar, we saw someone give a $100,000 check. And then we saw this little boy right here his name is Phoenix, and he may have given the most important gift that's ever been given to home church. This little boy was there with his family, and he heard me preach this message about, uh, about being willing to give what you've got to see God build the kingdom in and through home church. And at the exact same moment, 
Someone literally laid down a $100,000 check. This little boy dug to the bottom of his pockets and walked up and laid 67 cents on the altar and gave all he had. All he had. That'll be a moment I'd never forget. And the thing is, is that over and over and over again, we've seen people give sacrificially to this house. Not just with their dollars, but with their time, their effort, their love, their care, their compassion, the community that we've built. We set out to build a family here. And it's been pretty cool to watch God build a family of people who are willing to give what they've got to see it make a kingdom impact. And friends, I came today to celebrate with you three years later. God's doing some incredible things. He's done some incredible things. And so I came to celebrate with you all that he has done. You see, the heart of this house has never changed and it never will. We will always be a house that believes that this can be a house anyone can call home. No matter where you've been, what you've done, where you are on your journey, this is a place that you can root in and find family. This is also always going to be a house who values the Sunday gathering, but we believe that the most important gathering of the church happens at your kitchen table, at the altar of your kid's bedside, in the confessional of your uh, minivan or your suburban. Like, we believe that that's where the house and the home starts. That's where the church begins. We'll always continue to equip that as best we know how. And so it's been a wild journey. And I think back of all the things God's allowed us to see. And as we have these birthdays, we look back at where we've been. It also, I think, challenges us to look at where we are and where we're going. And I want to tell you today, in a a quick little state of the union, I don't think our church has ever been healthier. We still see people come and visit. Uh, You guys are are, are serving and giving your part. You're building family. Like I've I've never felt so confident in where we are as a house as we are right now. And so I say thank you. I say thank you for being here and being a part of this house. I say thank you for being a part of a home group. I say thank you for serving. I say thank you for giving. I say thank you for being a part of the family. And if you're newer to us, man, like now is the best time to take a step in and to come play your part in this family. That's where we are. But we're not done. And so today, I want to give you some hope for the future, and as God would perfectly time it, it falls perfectly into the ending of this teaching lesson that we've been walking through, House of Hope. And so the very next verse that we're going to walk through is Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 20. This literally continues from where we've been going, and here's what the Bible says, Hebrews 11 verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob, and Esau in regard to their future. How fitting is it that on our third birthday that God would give us this scripture to look forward to our future? Real quick, the, the story of, uh, of, of these two guys that, that we look at, Jacob and Esau, they have a father named Isaac. Isaac is actually the son that we've talked about for several weeks of Abraham. Abraham and Sarah had this promise made to them by God that they would have a son, and then they had this son named Isaac. We talked uh, last week about the testing and the trial, and, and God actually asked Abraham to be willing to sacrifice Isaac. 
He goes up the mountain, willing to do it, and God says, don't worry about it. I trust you. You've been faithful. And so here we have this lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob has two sons. I'm sorry, Jacob has uh, two Isaac has two sons. Holy smokes, all these names. Isaac has two sons, Jacob and Esau. And in the, in the Hebrew tradition, the firstborn would actually be given the, the, the better of rights. Um, it's this idea called the behor. I want you to say that. That's a fun word. Say, the behor. The be what? <laughs> it's called the behor. This is, this, is this is around the idea of the firstborn. Now, in the, in the Hebrew tradition, the firstborn would not just get first rights. They would get half the rights. I need you to see this, right? So, so if there were like three children... Like, this isn't going splitting up in three ways. The firstborn would get the majority, and the other two would then have to split what's left. And so they would be seeking this, uh, this, this blessing from their father. And uh, there's this weird story. You can go back and read it. But, but basically, Esau was the firstborn, and Isaac wanted to rob him of, Jacob wanted to rob him of his blessing, and he did. His mama did some crazy stuff. It was a wild story. But basically, uh, Isaac blessed both of his children. And their story goes on where there's this family riff and all kinds of crazy things happen. They go their own separate ways. Uh, clearly, Jacob is afraid to run into his brother Esau. He's afraid he's going to kill him. And then later down the road in life, they've both been blessed. They have this encounter on a road, and they reconcile. And in that moment of reconciliation, they share their stories about how God has blessed both of them and how there's still more yet to come. You see, we, we, we hear about this God, and we, we hear about his lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You've heard that before. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see, it's interesting because I need you to understand our God is a God of the past, the present, and the future. There's a lineage here. And so here in Hebrews 11, we're reminded that there is hope for the future. Now, I'm not going to read all this, but if you keep going, all of a sudden, the, the writer of Hebrews just starts going on this litany of reminders about people and God's faithfulness in them and their faithfulness to God. It's just over and over and over again. He said, I don't even have enough time to tell you about all these people, and he just starts listing them all off. And all of a sudden, we come to the end of Hebrews chapter 11, and it ends with these two verses. Hebrews 11, verse 39. He's talking about all those stories that he just, and we for the last 12 weeks have been talking about. He says, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. So the entire chapter of Hebrews 11 is around people who trusted God at his word and were faithful to him because he was faithful. And yet all of them had this promise that had been made to them. And the Bible says that they all never got to see it fulfilled. And it, as I read that this week, thinking about the future, thinking about our past, it reminded me of someone really, really special and important to me. You know, there's a group of people who stood who, um, they've been walking with us since before day one, and there's one of those people who aren't with us today, and his name is Don Marshall. Don 
Don and his wife Sharon um, chose to walk with us from day one. Don was one of our founding members and our founding elders. He was very much a father figure in my life. And, and if you know part of my story, I don't have a relationship with my dad. It's been over 25 years since I've talked to him. And there's been no one in my life who's been more of a father figure in my life than Don Marshall. And as I think about God's faithfulness, and I read this about how all these people were faithful to God, and yet they still didn't get to see the promise fulfilled. I just this week considered how happy and excited and honored Don would be to see where home church is today. This man changed a lot of people. This place is not the same without him. We lost Don last year in the summer. And man, there's not a Sunday that goes by that I don't walk out in that atrium and I don't miss seeing him welcoming people into the family. I know all of you have these moments with people in your own life. You're seeing children be born and someone's not around to see it that you wish were there. People getting married and this person that you hoped had been there, not there. Grandchildren being born, birthdays, celebrations. I think we've all experienced these feelings and this sense of what it's like to continue on in this journey, maybe even seeing the promises of God being fulfilled in your life and thinking about people who have helped you and journeyed with you and quite missing out on these moments. I think about Don, and I miss him greatly. But Hebrews also talks to us about There's this great cloud of witnesses who are uh, cheering us on and watching us and celebrating as as we're journeying with God. And this great cloud of witnesses of people who have been faithful in their past and have passed on and are now with Jesus. And they celebrate and they watch us and they cheer us on. And and I know for certain that Don Marshall is in that great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. And I know he's proud of what God's done in this house and part of the foundation that he laid. But over and over and over again as I would meet with Don, he would be really good about telling stories of the past, but he was a visionary. He was a man that walked by faith because he had vision to see things that could not and have not come to pass yet. When I shared the vision of home church, it was as though he was sitting right here in this moment three years from now, right then. He saw it in his mind's eye. He believed it by faith that God had a work to do in and through him, in and through me, in and through us. He believed it. By faith, he gave to it. By faith, he served in it. By faith, he gave up a lot to be a part of it. He's not the only one. 
And so as we consider the past, today is about finding hope for the future. And the Bible is really good to give us hope. This whole series, for the last 12 weeks, that's what we've been looking at, is, is Scripture giving us hope for this journey that we're on. And Scripture ends right here in Hebrews 11, giving us hope not just for where we've been, not just for today, but also for our future, where we go. And it's something really beautiful. I want you to see this. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 40, it says, this is a continuation. Since God had planned something better for us, so that together with us, they would be made perfect. I want to read again. I want, you to, I want you to see this in its context. Talking about all these people who have by faith walked with God, been faithful, and yet have not experienced this moment. The scripture says, since God had planned something better for us, that's me and you too. He's got something better planned for us. So that only together with us, they would be made perfect. Church, I say this to you. We are better together. We are better together. Man, in a world who says, do you boo, in a world who says, hey, walk your own path, in a world that says, I got my truth, I came to declare to you today that the scriptures say, and it gives hope to us, that we are better off when we do this thing together. Not by yourself, not doing a lonesome dove thing, but when we do it together. And by the way, it's not just us. I need you to grab onto some hope. It's the people who have gone before us that we're doing it with as well. It's their shoulders that we stand on. It's their foundation that we get a chance to stand on. It's the things that they gave, that they sacrificed, that they helped build for us. We get a chance to continue on what they've already been doing. It's not just us. It's them and us together. And I got this. I want you to see this. The past, I, th- I believe this is what the scripture says. The past plus the present equals God's plan for a perfected future. That's what I believe that scripture is telling us. The past plus the present equals God's plan for a perfected future. You came in today looking for some hope for what's still yet to come. I came to give it to you today, and it's right here, and it's the same place that I've been hammering in and teaching on and preaching for the last 12 weeks, that there is hope in this house. And the reason there's hope in this house is because we carry the hope of the world. We carry the good news of Christ Jesus with us. Whenever we stand here and we proclaim Christ Jesus, that is the only hope that you will ever need. And by the way, it's the only hope you can ever have. There is hope for the future for you today. Oh, and I know I've shared the story of home church and I've celebrated all that God's done. And you might be today saying, Pastor, how does this work for me? Like, I love this church. This is great. That's good and all that stuff. Yo, but what about me? This is true for you too. Not just us. This is true in your life as well. So how can I apply this into my own life? telling you the same thing that I've been preaching to you for 12 weeks. That there is hope in every single circumstance that you walk through. That's what we've walked through every week. 
Hope for those who feel lost. Hope for the skeptical. Hope for those in a trial. Hope for those who are waiting. I mean, you name it, we've pointed to hope. And every single week, we've pointed to the same hope. And it is in Christ Jesus. Every single week we gather here, we will proclaim Christ Jesus. Every single week, we will proclaim hope in a lost and dying world. Today, I came to declare hope over your future. I came to declare hope over our future. Three years, in some ways, I said, it feels like yesterday, and in other ways, it feels like a lifetime. Whatever you've been journeying on, I know for you it feels the same way. There are moments of your struggle and your waiting and your trials that feel like yesterday, and there's other parts that feel like it's been going on for your entire life. But I came today to give you hope, not for your past, not for even today, but hope for where you're going. Over three years, we've seen God's faithfulness in this house. I declare to you today that you are sitting in a miracle. You right now, you. You don't have to go overseas. You don't have to read about it in some book. You are sitting in a miracle right this moment. At the age of 40, we started over. I started over. And there were 187 people who on day one said, let's go. And from day one, God's been blessing this house. Has it been hard? Heck yeah. Have there been times I wanted to throw in the towel for sure have there been times that I've driven into the uh, Sunday gathering and me and God have had a nice little conversation where my voice was elevated I bet you it's happened but man I stand before you today three years later and say that God has been faithful to this house God has been faithful to me and I bet if I were to go around the room and hand you a microphone, you could recount God's faithfulness in your life as well. So because we serve a God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, I declare to you that your future is secure. There is hope in your tomorrow. Because God's been faithful in your past, he's being faithful to you right now, he will continue to be faithful to you in your future. Friend, I declare to you that your best days are still ahead of you. I don't care how old you are. I declare to you that your best days are still ahead of you. I declare that the best days are still ahead of your house. I declare that the best days are still ahead of this house. I believe that God has a hope and a future for us, and I don't think he's going to make us wait 70 years to see it. I believe that we are seeing it unfold right before us. We're going to see it unfold right before us in just a few minutes as people experience life change and go public for Jesus. I came to tell you today that future is bright, the future is good, but guess what? You can have hope in it today. Because the future lies in the hands of Christ Jesus, the one who spoke and created it all. He is in control. There is hope for your future. And here's what I believe it looks like. I believe that we can continue to focus in and equip your house to be the number one gathering of the church. 
I believe that as we do that, your children are going to experience a totally different life and legacy than maybe they would have otherwise. I believe that you and your house are going to change your neighborhood and our community. We're going to see our town change. We're going to go and plant in other towns. We're going to see those towns change. We're going to see our state change. I believe that true change and true life change is going to happen through this house, through your house. I believe it. I believe it with everything in me. I've bet my life on it. I bet my life on it. We will continue to be a light in the darkness. We will continue to be a city on a hill. We will continue to help people learn how to live as they follow Jesus step by step. Church, I'll invite you to your feet. We will continue what those in the past have done for us and done before us. There is hope still to come. I want to pray over you. Father, we say thank you in the name of Jesus for all that you've done and allow us to see. Father, we, on this third birthday of Home Church, we ask for more. God, I pray for everyone here that you would give them hope and future, that you would encourage their heart today, that you would remind them of your faithfulness in the past of their life. You would remind them of the miracle that they're sitting in right now and whatever that looks like in their life. God, and you would give them hope for what's still yet to come in their life. God, I pray for us as a house. God, we pray for favor. We pray that you would bless this house. We pray that you would use us. We pray that you would pour your spirit out on this house and everyone in it. I pray that you would continue to use us in this town. God, I pray that you would continue to use us in the lives of the houses in this house. God, I pray that our days are still yet to come that are better than we've seen in the past. God, I believe that there is future for us and I believe that you are in it. I believe you've ordained it. I believe that we have better yet to come. God, the best is yet to come in Christ Jesus. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we proclaim it in his name. Amen. Friends, if you're gonna be baptized today, in just a moment, I'll invite you to go ahead and, and exit. If maybe you didn't plan on being baptized today and maybe the spirit of God's stirring you and you know you need to get baptized, I got good news for you. We got shorts, we got shirts, I got underwear, I got toiletries, I got everything you need, okay? If you want to get baptized today, step outside, someone will help you. But we're going to declare over these next moments, through one more song, the power of the one and only name under which heaven and earth, anyone can be saved, the name of Christ Jesus. It's beautiful, it's powerful, it has no rival, it has no equal. It's where our hope lies for our future. Father, we love you, and over these next moments as we sing, God, I pray that you would be blessed. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If there's anything that we can do to serve you or come alongside of you in your journey, please reach out. You can reach us at hello at myhomechurch.cc.